You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Delay of Game podcast, where we're going over all the things that you may have missed for Championship Weekend. It's your host, Wit, and... It's your host, Matt. It's uh, another no. week here at the Delay of Game pod. <laughs> well, why are you using your after 10 minutes? <laughs> we're, we're doing the NPR, like... This is just time to talk. Let's get together and chill out. Okay. Did you, you maybe we should have warned them to like light an incense or something first. <laughs> I didn't realize you, you were coming with that. <laughs> I'm trying to keep things different. Okay. Keep it oh. you know, fresh and new, new direction. No, I like it. I don't know. No, no, I think it's right. Like normally we have like an in-your-face take of things. You want to go for a, a, a weird predatory feel. Yeah, I'm if good we can with get that. some ASMR going on at the same time, that'd be great. <laughs> just really, let's let's walk it back for a little while. Let's just. <laughs> Guys, we're you getting gotta... weird with it because it's at the end of the season. It's true. And you got to blow on it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just let it know you're there just gently <laughs> i just came to borrow some sugar <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right all right i'm done i'm done guys as you know again delay game podcast we're here to talk football all things football all the time let's get into this shit matt well just like every playoff weekend we had another good one it, i love it it's right. the best time of the year. Unfortunately, it's only four weekends long, but oh. it's been pretty great so far. I think this weekend had some good games, too, even though one of them, I guess, injury disappointment, which we'll get into in a second. But the other game was pretty great. I would have to agree. I think and this seems like a universal thing, right? It was an unprecedented run by Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers to get as far as they did. It's unfortunate how it ended, but that's kind of the way it happens sometimes. You know, and now you've got John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan trying to make a plea to the NFL to add a third quarterback to the uh, to the active roster. Yeah, an emergency one, like just pull somebody down out from the stands. That was a brutal game. For those who don't know, we're talking about San Francisco and the Eagles. Brock Purdy... Yeah tears his ucl i don't know yeah. if that was a thing or not apparently it is that's a the ligament in your elbow and to be honest with you i didn't realize we had so many acronyms in our body <laughs> everything's I, an acronym everything is an acronym pcl mcl ucl dcl that's a dick controlling ligament <laughs> i think the important thing is to realize that as you get older every single part of your body can tear <laughs> there's nothing that you're safe yeah, the human body is essentially strung together with these <laughs> ligaments that tear at any given moment. As you get older, these become brittle ropes. <laughs> Just <laughs> barely held together at this point, guys. You ever seen dried out rubber bands? That's my ligaments right now. <laughs> right <laughs> now. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, like this game, it, it kind of didn't even feel like the 49ers were in it at any point. The uh, what you call it, the uh, Eagles jumped out to an early lead, right? And it was just, oh man, how are they going to respond? And that was about it. The defense for the 49ers did a great job of keeping them in, but once you get yes. to your fourth quarterback, Josh Johnson, 
it's going to be difficult. And then when he gets hurt and you're going to an injured Brock Purdy who can't throw the ball and you can only yeah. run, and then it gets even worse. So this one was never really uh, in question. You know, the Eagles yeah. had it wrapped up from the beginning. I do think if Brock Purdy has stayed healthy, then that could have been a very different story. We could have been right. But the football gods said we couldn't go 100%. Well, as Arian Foster just came out, the NFL scripts did not have this going the way of the uh, the 49ers. Like, but can we just give Brock Purdy his flowers? Like, he still threw the ball two more times after that injury. Like, I couldn't have done that. A significant injury to your throwing elbow, and you still threw the ball. Yeah, most of yeah. us are going to be writhing around on the paint on the floor, just holding our elbow, screaming for help. Exactly. Like, I'm screaming for help. I've got someone in the background of me saying, K, keep it down. I've got teammates in the huddle telling me to nut up. Like, I can do that. Yeah. Couldn't I got it all. the injury. I think I would just be running around. I'm suing you. I'm suing you. I'm suing you. <laughs> <laughs> Does somebody see who hit my elbow? <laughs> He's getting a big suit. Like, I'd be acting differently than just like, oh, let me go see if I can warm it up and get back out on the field. It, Mr. Hassan Reddick, I'm going to need to get your insurance information. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're well insured. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, I mean, it was a valiant effort, though, right? Like, as when he went down, Josh Johnson came in, and he tried his best, but then he had two turnovers. It got out of hand very quickly. And you and I kind of talked about this off the podcast, and plenty of people have been talking about it. Has there ever been an easier run to a championship game, to a Super Bowl, than what the Eagles had? I can't think of anything, which is probably the one thing we discounted was just how insanely easy it was for them to get there. Because we were like, oh, well, they might not get there. But they, with getting the number one seed, they ended up getting really good games. And then you face the formidable 49ers, and their starting quarterback gets hurt. And then you're getting a backup. They, yep. Yeah. They've had it. I mean, literally, if you look at the stats, they've had it the easiest schedule this season. And then they had two really easy matchups getting here. It's crazy. Like, I'm just pulling up their schedule now and I'm looking at it. I think I see four quarterbacks on a winning team on their schedule. That's that's lucky. A destiny. I guess the script writers wanted to make sure <laughs> they got to the Super Bowl. Like, that's crazy. And you couple that with the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, you couple that with the fact that they didn't have to actually lean on Jalen Hurts in any way, shape, or form to win this game. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I can't say anything else. Like the words have escaped me about the the Philadelphia Eagles. I just, I can't. I will give them props in that they never like just shit the bed. They never just came up flat on these games. They won the games they're supposed to win, except maybe once against the commanders outside of that one game. They really, you know, were able to show up even against shitty teams and beat them. I know somebody's mm -hmm. team usually lets him down in those situations. So really, we got to give not them even, some props. We're not even talking about them. <laughs> like how, how we know the Cowboys play down the competition. They would have failed in this Eagles run. I'm going to tell you right now, if the Cowboys were playing against the 49ers and that happened, the Cowboys would actually take Dak Prescott out of the game. They would probably take Cooper Rush out of the game so they can play down to, to the 49ers. Like, I guess somehow just, trade CD Lamb during the game. <laughs> yeah, mid-game. For a fifth-round pick. Boom. 
so it just runs over I, to the other side. I know there isn't a whole lot that you can really take away from this game, but I got to ask you, if you're a 49ers fan, are you excited for the future at this point? If you're a lot less excited once Brock Purdy is significantly injured. Yeah. Because this is a, he has to get like Tommy John surgery. I know from just being a somewhat of a baseball fan, like pitchers take a while to come back from that to really yeah, get to that full strength and everything. This could be a good bit of time. Yeah. The, uh, I was reading an article, the person who developed the Tommy John surgery, they were saying, or he was saying that it's minimum a year. Yeah. There's this thing floating out there six months. No, that's not real. No. And I know with baseball, they will usually they sit you out for a year and then they put you on a pitch count for the next year. So you're really usually, at least in baseball, you're looking for two years before you're kind of back to normal if everything goes well. And it's not always one of those like super guaranteed, like everything's going to be great surgeries. So now baseball is different has different mechanics for throwing and you throw a ton, but I wouldn't be super hopeful. Like you're going to need to take your time. With Brock Purdy. The only thing that you can be, I guess, okay with is the fact that you still have Trey Lance. And while you didn't see a lot from him, he still has potential. You have to hope so. I mean, we we shit him all the time because we didn't see much potential. Okay. I'm not a fan. (laughs) As a 49ers fan, you have to, that's the only thing you have to hope for now. You have, you have to, right? I saw a, uh, a cut up someone put out there. It's like, I refuse to give up on Trey Lance. And it was just a bunch of these bombs. Like he just throwing these just darts down the field. But I don't think they put together a montage of all the bad throws, <laughs> all the throws that he missed. <laughs> like it, it wasn't a lot to put your hopes and hang your hat on. But I guess that's what you got. Because now they're saying Jimmy G is going to be gone. Yeah, Jimmy G, you could see him on the sidelines smiling as they were losing. He looked like a man who was walking out the building and never coming back. Who was just enjoying <laughs> the train wreck that was in front of him. And he's like, I'm not a part of this anymore. Have a great day. Yeah, like, it reminds me of the classic half-baked scene where the dude quits his job. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, he, he was 100% enjoying everything that's going on. And he's like, you guys could have had me playing as quarterback. You guys screwed it all up. Yeah, you so. went out and got this kid. He sucks ass. Okay, yeah, I'm made of brittle bone syndrome and glass, but I'm better when I'm healthy. <laughs> when I'm healthy. They love to get these quarterbacks that get these huge when I'm healthy. I just, it feels like a kiss of death to play quarterback for the 49ers. <laughs> like, which I, every quarterback gets hurt. I don't get You think their line's good. They have Trent Williams. Like, they don't seem to get a ton of pressure. Trent I don't Williams. know what happens. Yeah, like, Trent Williams... That dude is like he is nasty. He'll fight everybody, and you never get touched on the left side. You really yeah. only got to block three other guys. Yeah, he's the guy out of all of the commanders or Washington's fuck ups they've had in the past like five years. He's mm-hmm. the one that hurts the most. Oh, yeah, getting peanuts for him, and he's still playing at like a Pro Bowl, All Pro all level. Pro. It's yeah. brutal. Sorry, Pro Bowl means nothing. Which we'll get to later. <laughs> All pro. All pro. He's, Thank you. He's still a top two tackle in the league. Easily. And we let him go for peanuts to them. Now, sorry, if you had something else. I was going to move on to the Eagles real quick. but Yeah, yeah, no, we can't. I just, I was going to say, I love that you caveated the dumb decisions made by the commanders in the last five years. 
Like you cut yourself off at five years because there was a lot of other ones after this that. This podcast is way too short to do all <laughs> of the last like Snyder era. That's like two or three episodes just in and of itself. Ugh. Oh, that sounds like a mini series just waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if people want to make it happen, you know, send some money our way. And then I can make it. There, there you go. Let's all start right, sorry. Patreon. It could be a, <laughs> a goal. Oh, perfect. Because the OnlyFans isn't making money at this point. No. But hey, we got to keep doing what we do. There you go. All right. All right you were segueing into the, the Eagles. Eagles. My bad. That's no worries. I was just going to say again, like Eagles fans, you got to be super excited. You're in the Super Bowl yet again. Oh, in a God. pretty short period of time. And I think if you're an Eagles fan, you're feeling great about this match- matchup, which we'll talk more at the end. But you still got to be fucking excited at this point. Can you imagine when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, blew the tits off of everybody? No one saw that coming. Then they get rid of Carson Wentz in the offseason. Complete rebuild is what it felt like. And then you're two years into the Nick Sirianni era and you're in the fucking Super Bowl. Like, what? Like, who lucks into that? It's not luck, unfortunately. (laughs) At this point, I mean, getting Jalen Hurts to work, you know, you can say is luck, but they also adjusted their entire offense to make it work. Yes. Yeah, you make a real good point. We barely see from other teams. They don't adjust to their players. And then they had Howie Roseman go all in push all the chips on the table once he realized that, hey, we have something we can win here. Yeah. And he's well, been working right. it. Like, we constantly, unfortunately, have to give him praise for the trades and everything or the free agent signings that he's done. They've paid off. Like, he's been phenomenal. And I'll have to say, like, seeing him on like, some of his interactions with Philly fans, mm-hmm. even though he's a Phillies GM, I kind of like the dude because he hates the fact that he got shit on for that first Super Bowl. <laughs> It's true. It's pretty it's great. True. Like he was screaming at some fans after the playoff win. He said, "Like you're forgiven for your first Super Bowl." So he walks over. I'm yeah. forgiven. Fuck you guys. Fuck you. And just like flicking them off. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Apparently that just extends to anyone who lives in Philly. It's just boom. <laughs> exactly. Anyone in the surrounding areas of Philly automatically get like three notches up on their douche character chart. <laughs> like it's crazy. Like, that's pretty great. <laughs> you know, and sir, I need to give you your flowers because you nailed it when it happened. The Hassan Reddick, like pickup in the off season. Look, you, you were saying well, louder than most people. Yeah. Like this was a great pickup. It this was, was a phenomenal of, pickup uh, f- under the radar one. Like it didn't get a ton of credit because it wasn't super like a high dollar one. So those are usually the ones in the media like, oh, that's just crazy. He had been a solid player for two teams. Yeah. And then he was going to a system that we kind of knew was going to be perfect for him. Sir. They were asking him to rush the passer. Yeah. A guy who can rush the passer. And that's all he developed into it. And then like, we're going to bring you here to do what you do best. Yes. Fucking yeah. what? Like, it makes no. Of course, it's a good idea. And then they put him yes. on a team that had solid pieces around him. Like, mm. I hate that it was such a good signing, but I did call it out. And thank you for for saying that. Yeah, of course, man. Like, I, we are Cowboys fans and Commanders fans, but we're also football fans. And we can we can take an unbiased approach and we can say when something was good or when something was bad. And that Hassan Reddick signing was a great low key call on their part. He got what, 16 sacks? He has 16 and a half, I think, through the playoffs. But he had like 14 or something in the regular season. He was a beast. 
a hundred percent. He single-handedly changed the trajectory of that championship game that got that put them where they are now. Like that's amazing. That's a great signing. Like it's shit like that that drives me fucking crazy. Well, whenever we watch them, we always are complaining to each other. How the hell did they get Chauncey Gardner for so oh cheap? Oh my god, they got him for peanuts. I think they got the him for Saints. like a fifth or a sixth, yeah, something like that. No goddamn sense. Like, uh, that they were stupid. able to pull off these trades or these signings. Like they got uh, Reddick on a great deal. It looks phenomenal now. <laughs> yeah. And then that trade for Gardner, he had six interceptions in the regular season. He led the 100%. NFL. And you got him for almost nothing. Like, and then on top of all that, like the the peace day resistance has to be the AJ Brown trade on draft night. Like, you saw a need, you saw an opportunity to get better at a need. And you would not got the best guy available. And all he has done is made you look like a fucking genius. He got the Titans GM fired. <laughs> he was so good. God no, it's, damn. And those are aggressive moves. We've seen it now time and time again for teams that are winning. Help them push them over, especially when you have a cheap quarterback contract. You can afford to take these risks. Yeah. If you hit on quarterback. And I mean, they kind of forced that or I don't know if they forced it, but they made it work for them by actually adjusting their offense by being good coaches. But once they saw that and then Roseman just went all in and I have to give him kudos. You know, for fear of getting struck by a lightning, I don't think I could talk anymore about the Eagles. Not Fair. in a positive light. Sure. Like I just can't. I so, agree. Why don't we go ahead and go to the other championship game? Another barn burner between the Mahomes Burrow trilogy. Like, I love their matchups. Their games are great, one hundred percent. Like everyone's talking about how the Mahomes Josh Allen rivalry is going to be the Peyton Manning Tom Brady of our generation. I think they're wrong. Like this Joe Burrow uh, Patrick Mahomes competition back and forth. It always goes down to the wire. Like wow, what a great game and the balls on some of the play calling. Oh fuck. Yeah, tweeted out, we had great offensive plays, great defensive plays, great coaching. And then the only thing that was terrible was constantly the referees. They were shitting the all over the place. The officials were terrible. Everything else was amazing. That's what I want from a football game. 100%. Like, if you tell me, like, I'd say there might be three, maybe four coaches in the NFL. It's fourth and six on your side of the field. They go for it. And they get a huge chunk play down to the four. Like, there might be four coaches in the NFL who would make that call. Like, uh, not a whole lot of them are doing that. Yeah. Like, that was a great call in that moment. It's feeling your team out, right? We like aggressive play calling, but you have to do it with, like, reading the room, reading the team, the game, understanding yeah. the momentum and everything. It also helps when you have Mahomes. Yeah. Well, well, that was the Burrow one. Fine. But, Burrow. Yeah. But you're right, though. a big one with the Chiefs. Like the did. Chiefs, they I think they might have done uh, a big fourth down com uh, conversion as well, more than likely, because for a while there, it looked like all the momentum was going to the Bengals. So they had to do something. I think you might be right. But either way, it also helps when you have Joey B. So understanding what you have and then using that is incredibly smart and intelligent. So then let me ask you this, because I think it's on record that you and I are not fans of first round receivers. Jamar Chase, that motherfucker is a stud. Like he just high points everything 
catches just about everything. And he's not a great route runner, but he bodies everybody. (coughs) God, if that's what you're getting in a first round receiver, then I would take that pick every year. But it's so spotty. But God damn, they hit on him. They did. I feel like I always said, if unless you can get a guy who's like an eight, because a previous kind of like hit that receiver were AJ Green and uh, what's his name? I know his Julio Jones. Julio Jones. They're elite dudes. Like if you can get a top five receiver, that's different. Usually mm-hmm. that's not what you're getting. If you're getting that like ten through twenty, ten through fifteen, like good, you know, solid number one guy. A lot of times that's not top ten material. You find them in the second and third round. But yeah, I mean, I'm not well, saying Jamar Chase is there yet, but he seems to be an ascending receiver who's really making an argument for that top, very tippy top group of best receivers. And that's the thing. Like when you're looking at all these evaluations of all these players, like player comparisons mean absolutely dicked in, in my opinion, right? How many times have we watched teams draft guys high, hoping that they turn out to be Calvin Johnson? Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, when they end up being Jalen Rager, Kelvin Benjamin, <laughs> like these guys who completely fall off. It just it's a crapshoot. And I got to applaud a team for getting it right. They they saw a guy they wanted. They said, fuck everything else. We don't care about the generational talent in Penesul. Let's go and get our guy for our quarterback. And it worked. It did because they've also adjusted to throwing the ball more quickly because <laughs> for a while yeah. that was getting burrow killed i mean he's still getting killed he took like 92 sacks over the last two seasons so that could have some long-term ramifications that they need to continue like they tried addressing it this offseason they need to really continue pushing like let's get more and more offensive line players 100 percent. well and i think the nfl adding that one extra game doesn't seem significant, but you've seen the wear and tear that happens on all these players. I think they need to expand the active roster at this point. Like if, if you're going to add these extra games, make it so we can suit up extra people. They need to, they need a lot more players. Cause we're getting to the point where at the end of the season, it's just a body count. And we're having yeah. these players that no one's heard of that haven't been on any team. And they're asking them to play significant playing time in these huge games. That's just not fun for anyone. Yeah. And it's also dangerous. We can see people getting hurt. It happens week in and week out. And I know injuries are part of the game, but there's also ways that you could try to mitigate the impact these injuries can have long term. I have to believe that if there was a emergency quarterback for that 49ers game, it may not have been so one sided. Could be wrong. It may have not made a difference at all. But you have to think that in some fashion, maybe. It would create a better product. Yeah. I can't imagine how many people. I know we stopped really paying that much attention. Oh, my God. Once that happened. (laughs) There's got to be tons of other people who are like, well, I'm done with this game. So if you want eyeballs on the screen, you need to make sure you have plans in place. You have people who can go play and not just some guy off the street or having, you know, Christian McCaffrey try to take, you know, snaps and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, I do have to ask. This is sort of related to football did you ever get your uh your refund on the purdy parlay i don't think i ever did they just so, kept your money those fuckers i don't know if they avoided it so with that one it doesn't really matter because jalen hurts didn't have to do shit and i was expecting him to do like at least mediocre performance 
Yeah. And so that yeah. part of the bet failed anyway. Oh. Because I had parlayed it. Gotcha. So it I was curious. I meant to ask and I forgot. No, it was sad. Quite sad how bad I did that week <laughs> with my bets. Now, you, you talked on, you touched on something about this game, the officiating. Now, we all saw the penalty that put the Chiefs in a field goal range to win that game. Did you think that was a good penalty? Did you think that was the right call? I mean, that penalty was. They're going to call that every time when you hit somebody late. It wasn't much of a penalty, but they're mm-hmm. so protective, especially when it's the quarterback running exactly. out of bounds. They're going to call that every time. I think there's plenty I, of other calls that you can look to and say, well, like this one and this one that redo the third down and then led to a holding call. <laughs> like, oh, my God. There was a ton of stuff that you can complain about. If I was a Bengals fan, I'd be hot. Oh, I can assure you, like Cincinnati is still feeling all the rage that they had like four days ago. Like it is still very fresh for them. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't watch that and be okay with it. Even if you would have won, you would have been like, yeah, we won, but we had to fight the refs to do it. Like that will forever be part of this game. Like, and the fact that the one where they called back the third down like twice, they let the play happen. Like it came in super late. They let the entire play happen, and then afterwards they decided, oh, let's redo it. It didn't count. Which I guess if you were a Chiefs fan and you got in like a touchdown, you would be pissed. Yeah. But it's just like it's hard enough to stop the Chiefs. Why give them an extra chance? A hundred percent. And that definitely favors the offense with penalties. Like with just a holding call, you get a free automatic first down. The more plays you get, the more <laughs> chances that's gonna happen. Yes. And then what was the uh, the touchdown that wasn't a touchdown? Was that the sideline catch to T. Higgins? No, it wasn't T. Higgins. Oh, my gosh. It was the Kadarius Tony one where they said that he didn't have control of it, even though it was still attached to his body. And it, like, shifted or something like that. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? That one, uh, I feel like there was one in the Eagles game where oh it was a not a catch. But they called it a catch, and even though it like it was on his stomach and it kind of shifted and hit the ground, and then he like pushed it back in. Is that the one you're thinking of? I don't remember. No, a no, no. The, crazy catch. You're, you're talking about the Devonte, yeah, the Devonte Smith, Smith one. one. That was not a catch. Yeah. The Kadarius Tony touchdown. That was a catch. Okay, I didn't see that and they, one. And they ruled it back. That was like, I think before I started watching. No one knows what a catch is mm-hmm. anymore. It's kind of discretionary at this point. It's clear nobody knows. Well, it's clear officials just don't know what they're doing that well. <laughs> yeah. Like the rules are in black and white and someone interprets it one way, someone interprets it another way and they're like, eh, "I don't fucking know." Like this seems like a crazy thing that we're still having a hard time getting right. Like why? At this point, they clearly don't care. They're doing nothing to address it. They're doing nothing to fix it. They don't care. The NFL just doesn't give a shit. Well, they know people are still going to tune in. Yeah. And then people like us are still talking about it four days later. That's what I said, I think, last year is that maybe they don't, maybe they're happy with it because it causes more people to talk about it, causes more attention and drama, right? It yeah. just creates whenever those, especially if it's like the last second play, like the Vikings one, right? I think it was Viking Saints. There was mm-hmm. one where somebody got screwed over on a, or maybe it was the Rams game I'm thinking of, where the guy did a DPI and they didn't call it. He's like, oh, yeah, even like in the presser afterwards, like, oh, yeah, I just ran into him and hope for the best. It was. Yeah. People remember that shit forever and talk about and it forever. Yeah. And like offenses are using that like 
as a play call, like, hey, try and draw the flag. Like, get upfield. I'm just going to throw it. Try and draw the flag. Like, that, that's yeah, the, a play. The DPI for not allowing the receiver to go back to the ball for those underthrowns, yes. that's a yes. legit tactic now. Like, you ha- they have to start addressing that because, like, that is the worst. Like, I single-handedly watched the Raiders beat the Cowboys against Anthony Brown using that same tactic. Like, that shit is fucking infuriating. Yeah, if you can have great coverage and then you just purposely underthrow it, as long as the receiver can see that and he just jumps backwards. Oh, DPI, because you didn't allow him to get there. Oh, Even though you're so allowed to have your space as a defender, you have to exactly. anticipate the receiver jumping into you. Yeah, you have to anticipate the receiver jumping into you while looking back for the ball and not running into them at the same time. Like, It's a lot. Again. The NFL is trying to rewrite the laws of physics, it feels like. Well, that's like the ticky-tag NBA calls for, you know, the jump the shooter, like, just, like, launches himself into the defender, and they're like, oh, you should have moved out of the way. I can't play defense? No. No. (laughs) That dude just torpedoed me. What are you talking about? (laughs) That's on you, buddy. Uh, Okay. I'm the victim here, but okay. From the defense, for sure. (laughs) Uh, We've... We've just gone on a tangent, guys. It doesn't matter. Like, this is what we're doing. At this point, you listen. You know what this This is what we do. So bring it back. Let's say, real, wrap it up for the Bengals. Season's over. How do you feel as a Bengals fan going into next season? Uh, I feel the same way I'm going to feel as a Bengals fan for the next 15 seasons. As long as I've got Joe Burrow, <laughs> I have a chance. <laughs> well, it's, you got a healthy Joey B. He doesn't keep getting yeah. hit. I have a fucking chance. Like, it, at this point, you've seen that the uh, the organization is willing to attack areas of need. I am very curious to see what they do this offseason because Eli Apple, I think Mike Hilton, Jesse Bates, like their defense, like their secondary, all free agents. Gotcha. That's going to be a challenge to keep them together, even though Eli Apple, I don't know if I want him. I don't give, I don't give a shit what anybody says. That dude's troll game is top notch. It is top notch. Like his his corner game, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> if only they could match up. That level of performance could be the same. Okay, not many people can do everything right, Matt. <laughs> he <Okay>. picked trolling. <laughs> the honorable profession of trolling. The shit works for him. I I can't say a bad thing about it. Like I love it. <laughs> I think you gotta take a second here to like to look at perspective because 49ers fans are kind of hating on Kyle Shanahan at this point. For just back-to-back NFC championships. You can't get over the hump. Oh, my God. And then, as a Bengals fan, you're probably loving everything. Because you've had so much terribleness that, hey, yep. I had got to the Super Bowl. I'm back to the championship. And I have Joey B for the future. I'm feeling great. Same outcomes that, for both of you. But one exactly. team, one fan base is much happier than the other. Exactly. That's because the one fan base, being the Bengals, aren't spoiled little bastards. <laughs> Who've got four Super Bowls or five Super Bowls and shit like that. Okay. Oh, no, we've made it to back to back NFC championship games with subpar quarterback play, but great offensive scheming. Oh, what are we going to do? Fuck off. Yeah. You know how many Cowboys fans would love to be in your shoes? Really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) They can't even get to a championship game. (laughs) Okay. Just just so we're clear. Okay. We're not talking about my team. I mean, okay. why are you doing this? Like, why are you trying to embarrass me in front of my friends? <laughs> when it's, a, you know, I take the low hanging fruit whenever possible. Everyone who Be listens gentleman. to this podcast for the last two years know this. If it's there, no. I'm going to take it. 
what is what is the old adage? <laughs> My buddy Jason said it. Bears gotta eat. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> fair okay i get it i just i need to remember i gotta wear my bulletproof vest next time since you're gonna be taking shots at me i don't want to catch a fucking stray <laughs> god dealing with this guy and then let's go on to the chiefs they're back to the super bowl okay mahomes if they win this mahomes uh fans are going to be the most obnoxious people of all time they already i have are. a hard time saying that they're not already And they have every reason to be. If I had a 27-year-old quarterback who's already won a Super Bowl, who's been two All-Pros, who's been to Pro Bowls, has been an NFL MVP, I'm going to be obnoxious. I have none of those things as a Cowboys (laughs) fan, and I'm real obnoxious. (laughs) Could you imagine having that? Oh, it's going to be the worst. I would love it. Yeah, I would be the worst on the podcast right now if I had that. If it was, you know. My team had that, and we were in the Super Bowl yet again. This would be a terrible podcast. What do one hundred percent? Like, there's nothing that you could ever say that would stop me from using a retort. Yeah, but I got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like, I got Mahomes. So, which is exactly. why, whenever the Eagles fans are like, "We're gonna roll you guys," let's have the Chiefs respond. But, but we have Mahomes. You have thank you, Mahomes light. You know, like the <laughs> the natty light version of Mahomes over there, in Jalen Hurts. No. No, that's like great value. That's not even close. <laughs> not even fucking close. Like, Let me tell the you. two aren't on the same level at all when it comes to quarterback play. If I had to compare Jalen Hurts to anybody, I'm going to give him Cameron Newton esque, like <laughs> Cameron Newton like, like, no, when it comes to quarterback play, he throws a phenomenal ball, but that dude cannot, he cannot consistently win you games with his arm, putting it into the tight windows. He throws guys who are wide the fuck open. It's, I mean, it's a great way to do it. You're going to get a lot of stats. You're going to look good. But the Chiefs, I feel like a lot of people are writing them off in the Super they Bowl. They are. They're the, yeah, the Eagles are the favorites. I don't get it. The Chiefs have had a harder time getting there, and they've had some really strong wins. Even like, oh, well, they only beat the Bengals. The Bengals are a fucking good team. Thank you. And, like, what? I have to imagine these odds makers aren't watching NFL games. They're just looking at like records, they're looking at stats. There's no fucking way that they're looking at these games week in and week out and say, "Now nah, you know what? The Chiefs definitely are not nearly as good as the uh, as the Eagles." So like, the, you can't make that. This make is sense. a great time to remind people that, like, for the odds, it's not necessarily what they think is going to happen. It's what they think people think are going to happen because they're trying to get people to bet certain ways and encourage better. So a lot of people think the Eagles are the favorites. So they want to give them shitty odds. And so they take more of their money. (laughs) I have to believe they pulled only the state of Pennsylvania. Like that's the only thing that makes sense. I think a lot of people do favor the Eagles because they have the better record, right? They have like one win more and they've had better wins because they beat shitty teams by a lot. Okay, then I'm just going to throw this analogy out to you. Let's say you and I are two boxers. We're both, you know, having our fights. I'm 1-0, you're 0-1. You lost to a world champion. I beat a homeless person on the street. Okay, I'm 1-0. So obviously, I have the advantage. I've got the edge. Does that make any sense? It makes none. And to be fair, they actually have both 14-3 and three in the regular season, so... I, I think people just got hyped on the Eagles. And then the casual fan 
who doesn't listen to us because they're stupid doesn't know that they have shitty wins. Oh, God. You know what? But yeah, your boxing analogy is perfect because they do that. Like they'll send one guy against a bunch of like weak people and just have them beat them up. And then they look great. Yeah. They have like, oh, they have 20 wins. But against people who have no, you know, reason to actually be there. Yeah. I've got 20 wins against guys who work at like Fuddruckers and Applebee's. Like it's not the same. It's not. So now we're. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I expect the Chiefs not to give things away. I think their no, team already showed here, do up. It. Well, just oh, do it. I was going to say, I expect them to do awesome. Like, I'm going yeah. all in on the Chiefs. 100%. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right now. If the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Kansas City Chiefs, I'll, I'll eat a sock or something. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, there's no reality that I can imagine the Eagles beating Patrick Mahomes. Can we get you to shave an eagle in the back of your head? I don't. I don't grow hair. You grow hair so. on the back part, just not on the top. Okay, that's true. But I do have hair on the top, but it starts like halfway at the top. Clear <laughs> like, hair on the top. <laughs> I've got clear hair. Okay. Yeah. You don't know, fuck it. If the Eagles win, I will shave an eagle's insignia into my head. Why Amazing. not? Well, let's we'll fucking go. <laughs> let's fucking go. Okay. Now I've got skin in the game. Literally, they perfect. Here is the moment where Patrick Mahomes' injury comes back to haunt me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right that would be our now. Luck. Oh my god! Yeah. Suddenly, he's just walking around. He's like, "Oh, that hurts." <laughs> <laughs> he's walking at home, and his wife Brittany's like, "Hey, can you take the trash out?" He like tears his ACL. I'm like, no, no. Now That's that not fair. You've said that. Hey, you probably oh. have until tomorrow. For that news, because I can let just me, edit it out until then. Let until me tell you, it. Matt, if my quarterback or my team ever got to the Super Bowl, those that two weeks don't do anything. Don't leave the bed like <laughs> you stay where you are and the team will hire people to feed you. We don't even want you picking up forks. OK, they will cut the food, place it in your mouth, move your mouth and then gently massage your throat to swallow like you don't have to do anything (laughs) Patrick Mahomes for the for the sake of my staff my fashion sense please don't be please don't be hurt please stay okay (laughs) please show up against the Eagles and do well (laughs) for my sanity really 100% because you know we're not going to want to listen to Philly's uh, Philly Nation like Eagles fans are going to be fucking insufferable I, I don't want any of that for the longest time the only thing we had was Retort was like, oh, the Eagles didn't win a Super Bowl. They win one. And then we're like, oh, well, you only have one. And, you know, we have a bunch or multiples at least. If they win two, we're fucked. And then it's a short period of time because they're going to be like, oh, well, we've won two in like five years. God damn. Yeah. I got nothing. Matt, they're they're taking all of the bullets out of the chamber, man. Okay. There's nothing for us to talk about at that point. Like they win every argument. They do. I can't have that. No, we can't have that in our lives. I don't know a lot of Eagles fans personally. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but like on Twitter, we'll be roasted relentlessly. Oh, 100%. 100%. So we've already jumped to the end of the of the episode. Let's roll back the dice a bit and talk about some of the things that have happened since the game that have been worth talking about. I think the first and foremost is going to have to be Tom Brady retiring for the second time. Like it had to happen, right? The allegedly final time. 
Alleged. Do we believe him? I yeah. I mean, me personally, I believe him. At this point, you've got nothing left to play for. Like, I'd be done. The only thing left is tarnishing your already just impeccable legacy. That's why I thought he actually was going to retire last season. So I guess I do believe him, even though I'm a little bit. Like, I don't. I want to get hurt again because I'm excited for him <laughs> to be done. I, I trust easily, so don't do this to me, Tom. <laughs> I mean, he apparently has just a shit ton of money lining up once he becomes a broadcaster. Yes. And that's yeah. just easy money. Which is wild to me because, like, he's already got that money lined up. He's got his TB12 apparel money just lying around the mansion. And on top of all that stuff, he's got Uggs boots money. He's got Enterprise rental car money or Hertz rental car money. Just... That you can't stop fucking making money. And here he is charging schmoes like me $1,900 to get his autograph on a jersey. That is disgusting. Right? Now, he, I guess he is trying to earn back some of that co- uh, Bitcoin money that he's lost. <laughs> Apparently, he lost a fortune <laughs> with like FTX, like with them going bankrupt. So oh. maybe he's maybe he needs to work. So he has to fleece it from working stiffs like me. That's where the average rich person gets their money, so. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, I think that's it, it was big enough news like it didn't make the same shockwaves the first time around, but like I can appreciate he went out like low key. He was like, "Hey, I'm doing it. It's done." Like, we're not doing this again. We agree. I mean, it's time that he should. I don't think he's going to we could see the decline. I know there were times where he still looked pretty damn good, but you could just tell it wasn't the same and you feel like that edge, the cliff was coming real soon. Oh, yeah. And for I will give him credit to be 45 and still playing at a very high level. Like we didn't see the same like Peyton Manning esque drop off. Right. At this Not point, at dude, you're good. Like, like he just, was top three or four in passing yards. Like he still had yeah. a great season. We just are used to, you know, amazing seasons from him that, you know, it's like the Aaron Rodgers when we talked about him. We're like, oh, well, you know, it's for him. It was a bad season. It's a great season for everyone else. So exactly. But way to go out on top. You were able to get back to the playoffs. You know, you did yep. not tarnish your, your record or history. Salute to you, TB12. Salute to you, sir. What is the next thing that you wanted to talk about? I thought since we are NFC East podcast, right? <laughs> Essentially. Yep. I feel like I called this, so I wanted to bring it up too. Kellen Moore leaving the Cowboys. Matt. I brought it up when they lost. I was like, do you feel like it's a time to move on? Apparently Mike McCarthy agreed with me. Oh, really? We're doing this? Do we have to do this right now? Yeah. Oh, you're the worst. Like, I understand it had to happen. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying the fans want us to talk about it. So I'm just, (laughs) you know, we're listening to them (laughs) and what their hearts are asking for. All right. Well, I, I think it's something that had to happen. Their philosophies just kept clashing. Kellen Moore couldn't stop running the fucking wide receiver, wide receiver reverse. And... (laughs) There weren't nearly enough slants for Mike McCarthy. So those two things just don't match. More power to him. I wouldn't be shocked. So he went off immediately signs with the Chargers, which I'm not surprised they didn't have to interview more people. I don't know if they had been doing that. I just wasn't paying attention. Uh, I feel like that could be a good good fit for what they have going on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the only bad thing is Austin Eckler, I feel bad for you because from everything I've seen of Kellen Moore, hates running the ball. Like, it pains him <laughs> to run the ball. The motherfucker loves his curl routes, though. 
He loves to run the ball with the wide receiver. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't like doing it with the running back. So unless you get a first down on first down, sorry, buddy. <laughs> You're going to be in trouble. I mean, he yeah. fits like Tony Pollard was kind of like an Austin Eckler light version, right? You know, that, yeah. you know, explosive guy. He can catch the ball well. And Kellen Moore just hated using him. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> like Zeke went out for three games and Tony Pollard went off. And it pained him to use Tony Pollard <laughs> after that. So, Austin Eckler, hope you made your money. Hope you invested well, man. Hopefully not in Bitcoin. Yeah. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and then I think they got that other guy, Tolbert, Colvert, or whatever. Hope you guys are really good at curl routes. <laughs> man loves his curl routes. Running short of the line of scrimmage. That's right. And then they're going to get an undrafted free agent that no one has heard of, and he's going to force everything through that guy. Everything. Third and short. Yeah. 40-yard pass to the undrafted guy. Just right. Make it happen. Yeah. 40-yard touchdown to Bartholomew James Orenthal. Like, someone you'll never hear of. He's the guy on the crucial downs. Be ready for that shit. Fourth, Fourth down for the game. Yeah. We're dialing him up. They'll never expect it. Exactly. Hey, it's fourth and four. No, 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 no. Fourth and one. It is that easy. It's fourth and one. Hey, Kellen, what do you want to do? Do you want to do a quarterback sneak, line up under center? No. Wide receiver, reverse. Triple option. Uh, Kellen, you know they have to go 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. They'll never see it coming. <laughs> never see it. Yeah, the best this way to, to go forward is to first go backwards. We all know this. Exactly. We get them on their heels because they're chasing us. Okay. And then when we turn upfield and do a hook and ladder, there'll okay, be no one there. No one's going to be there. They'll never suspect a thing. Well, Kellen, it didn't work. On the line of scrimmage and just wait for you. They'll never do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and then after the play's over, Kellen, that didn't work. Well, you guys obviously didn't execute. Poor execution. Okay, this, isn't, this isn't about my scheme. This isn't about me. This is about what you did wrong. Poor execution is the favorite uh, excuse of the bad OC. They, Thank you. They executed my offense wrong. Well, then you need to teach them how to do it better. <laughs> they executed the offense wrong. Well, Kellen, you, you called five laterals on first down. And it was the first quarter. Like, it wasn't necessary. Yeah. They were. didn't suspect that thing. <laughs> yep. You were killing them with the quick game. So why'd you stop? Well, we ran out of those plays to call, so we had to switch to something else. Yeah, we were killing them with a quick game, but it was being too effective. So we wanted to get ahead of them. We want we wanted to outthink them. Yeah, we Let's... wanted to adjust them before they adjusted to us. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, self-adjust before they do it. Yeah, it's a whole complicated thing. So yeah, like that's that's really what's what happened there, and. The Chargers fans, they seem really jazzed about getting him. I think he's very creative and innovative, but I don't think he's got the the feel for the game sometimes. So we'll see what happens with that. Good luck to him. I wish him nothing but the best. And at this point, as a Cowboys fan, I'm just... You're super excited for Mike McCarthy-led offense, I assume? I love my, my slants and my digs. Love them. Can't get enough. Hey, so CD Lamb yeah. on a slant. Is typically a winning proposition. Oh, absolutely. Considering we've got no other wide receivers on this team. Yeah. C.D. Brown on a slant. I assume Noah Brown's going to get cut. That motherfucker better get cut. <laughs> They're about we're to just, extend we're, him. We're, div- we're div- divulging right. into something else. There's other things else. to talk about. 
Do so you, you have a topic? Because I have one. Okay. Yes, I do have one. Okay. I'll let so, you go. It might be the same one that you have. I don't know. Uh, Sean Payton going to the Denver Broncos. I got to ask, where do the Broncos keep getting these fucking picks from? That's what I don't understand. Because I don't hate him going there. Apparently, he was like their third option. Probably because they didn't want to trade a million picks. But where did these picks come from? Because they had a first and a second this year. I was yes, 100% certain they had traded those away. I didn't think they had a first this year or a second this year. I don't think. Well, I have no idea where they came from. I I don't I don't get it. They got like a a picks vault, like a draft picks vault. They're like, hey, these are like in case of emergencies <laughs> only. Do we open this? Like it's the only thing that makes sense. Like I'm with you though. I think it's a good signing. I am curious though how how he'll be able to integrate with uh, with Russell Wilson. That that team's got talent. There's no denying that though. Sean Payton has never had a bad season. And he, we always say, well, he had a really good quarterback. Russell Wilson, we've seen him be a really good quarterback. Yeah. And I think I'm really under the impression Nathaniel Hackett just fucked over that team hard. That's the only thing. Because That's you can see Wilson playing much better the second he left. It was yes. night and day difference. So I always like to say, look at the end of the season to project into next year. He was playing well. We know Sean Payton is a good coach. So I would feel optimistic if it was me. This sounds like a situation that we talk about constantly on and off the podcast. A coaching scheme came in, got a guy who didn't t- didn't work in their scheme. And instead of fixing your scheme to match him, they were like, no, no, we're going to integrate him into our scheme. Like, that's what this was. Yes. And it failed. Shock. Shockingly failed. And then just as a, we see time and time again, it's easier to replace a head coach. That is a quarterback, especially once you sign him to a mega contract. And that right, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Your ass was gone the second they signed that pen to paper on the Murray contract. <laughs> yeah. Like, as soon as the new Call of Duty came out, he conveniently <laughs> tore his ACL. Like, you knew. It was like, oh, shit. Let's go ahead and book our tickets to Thailand. Fuck it. But <laughs> like, he, he was already aware. Yeah. I was surprised, though, that the Broncos ended up with Sean Payton. I wasn't sure if that was like, it was hard to really know where he was going because there was a so, lot of rumors flying around. All the stuff that I heard was D'Amico Ryans and Dan Quinn. Those were their top picks. And as soon as Dan Quinn was like, no, I'm not, I'm out. I'm sticking with the Cowboys. Then it fell to D'Amico Ryans. And apparently the Texans were making a huge push to get D'Amico Ryans and the uh, Broncos were still trying to get to him in the, okay. you know, in that 12th hour. Gotcha. But when it didn't happen, they ended, and it was apparent that it wasn't going to happen. They went with uh, Sean Payton. Okay, well, so, that makes a lot of sense. That's what the tea leaves said. So that transitions nicely to what I was going to say was DeMarco Ryans to the Texans. Okay, yeah. Oh, uh, D'Amico, D'Amico Ryans. Okay, you're going to yeah. have to put some respect on that man's name. You said DeMarco. My bad, my bad. D'Amico Ryans. Okay. D'Amico Head Ryans. Coach okay. D'Amico Ryans. I think this is a great hire. Like... I think they've got great talent on the defensive side. And then they've got, what, the most cap space? They have a ton. Like, shit. It seems much better, much more inspired hiring than what we've seen the previous two times around. Exactly. And the first two times around, we were like, wow, that just doesn't doesn't do anything. That doesn't hit on the Richter scale for me. And, of course, it turned out to be exactly those things. They felt like they were placeholders for the next guy 
which I guess they were until DeMarco D. <laughs> Till Ryan's I, came up. I started laughing because yeah. I was thinking of his name. Uh, no, because you were making fun of me. Uh, <laughs> so this one I'm feels a lot now. better. So good on them, on the Texans for finally like thinking, finding a good someone different, a new up and comer who seems like, like you said, a good fit for what they have strength wise. We'll have to see how he hinges everything else. But, you know, he's a, Sh- a Shanahan guy, right? He came from that team. So maybe yeah. he's picked up. I would imagine you learn a lot for how to be a head coach from being around a guy like Shanahan. Oh, absolutely. And he's been the defensive coordinator for what, two seasons now? Before that, he was the linebackers coach. Like he's been in that organization for a while. He's got ties to Houston because he played for there. And I think between all the things that we've said, that doesn't even talk about the draft capital that they have. Like they've got a ton of ammunition to create a good team. Just, It'll just be interesting to see how they do it. How they do it. How quickly can you do it? Do you find a different quarterback? That's always the big question is, who's your quarterback? I mean, what they've got the number two overall pick. I have to believe that the Chicago Bears aren't taking a quarterback with the number one pick. So they'll have whoever they want at number two. I've seen Bryce Young. I've seen CJ Stroud. If it's me, I'm not looking at either of those guys. Like, I don't trust Ohio State quarterbacks, and I don't trust Alabama quarterbacks. <laughs> a bad year to be drafting those guys. <clears throat> the Bears did come out, though, and say that they're actually shopping the number one pick. As they should. So, I mean, you could always swap for probably pretty cheap, but I think they're trying to get a huge draft haul would be my guess. If you're getting the number one draft pick, yeah. I I think you get two ones, two twos, like, and it goes over, like, the course of two or three drafts, like... It's going to be a lot. Obviously, depends on where it's coming from. You know, if yeah. it's a middle of the pack, you know, teens team, then it's going to be more. But there's going to be somebody who's going to want to trade up. Yeah. I mean, and you look at these teams who need quarterbacks, like some of them, you, you're like, oh, this is a pretty attractive area or attractive landing spot, right? I look at the Raiders. I hate Mike. I hate Josh McDaniels, but I think that team's got talent. It's a like, team. You get a guy in there. Why not? Yeah. It's a team that you would feel like could make that move, right? They probably feel good about adding a young player to that team. And yeah. then you hired Josh McDaniels to develop a quarterback. So why not get the guy that you, you know, you get him early now not wait four seasons and then draft your quarterback or try to find him. Mm-hmm. And like maybe some teams that I know of. Yeah. Not naming names here, but. Oh, see, I wouldn't do that. Like that's what you do. I don't do that. <laughs> But you're right. There's quite a few of those teams. I mean, what? The Panthers. They just yeah. got Frank Reich. You're going to assume like, oh, well, he's developed quarterbacks. They're going to be making an aggressive push to get someone because they have nobody. Exactly. Not only him, but then you're looking at the Colts. Colts need a quarterback. Like there's a lot of these teams out there who need quarterbacks who will be willing to try to get up to that number one spot. Hopefully makes for interesting topics of conversation for us. We'll have lots to discuss in the offseason. Because we got the Jets, right? Like, oh yeah, Jets too. So I just I brought that up. I didn't mean to bring this up this way, but I was looking at our just at old pictures, and I had saved a tweet that you tweeted, out, I believe, for us mm-hmm. two years ago after Zach Wilson got drafted, and you're mm-hmm. like, we fully anticipate he will not be on this team in two years. Shut the fuck up. That is looking solid, my friend. <laughs> Did I really? 
Yeah, we're like, I expect him not to be on the Jets. Some Jets fans got real hot at us, and they're like, you guys are just trolling. You guys don't know what you're talking about. So I oh. I tweeted back at one of them, just the Kermit sipping his tea. <laughs> <laughs> I will troll you back, my friend. I waited. I saved it for two years. Oh, my God. Matt, that is pettiness level 10, and so I love it. So one of the guys has, like, a protected <laughs> account who tweeted, who was, like, making fun of us. So I even friended him or followed him <laughs> so I can try and tweet back. That's my goal. Once he ex- Hopefully he will accept it. And oh, my God. That's tweet amazing. at him again because we know what we're talking about. Oh, thank you, Matt. I did not remember that. That gives me life. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I remember you. I was like, oh, that's a bold statement, but it has been accurate. There you go. There's there's certain things that you could just tell. Like you could just see like certain things and certain players and especially in quarterbacks when they do these pro days and people fall in love with them. Go back and look at their college tape. Like what was the level of competition? What was the type of pressure that they were seeing week in and week out? Like, oh, I love it. I, now I'm going to start going back through and looking because I love that that happened. I guess my bad. It was last year, but uh, you well, still Well, technically said, that would be two years because that would be this year. And then next season, I think he's I probably he's there, a, but yeah, he's gone. You're, it's looking like it's going to be 100% accurate. It wasn't as much foresight, but it was still great. And people were giving a shit and you were completely correct. So. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Well, I mean, I don't have anything else. Is there anything else you wanted to bring into the full uh, bring into the table, sir? I think that's it for right now. I mean, we had some big news, and then we obviously have the Super Bowl to look forward to. So yeah, I'm curious. Like, are you gonna want to do uh, maybe do one next week? I don't give a shit about the Pro Bowl. By the way, Pro Bowl is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. All bullshit. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Now, now I have nothing else to talk about. Yeah. But Pro Bowl is all bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people want us to. If there's no news or anything, I don't know what else we're going to add. But we can maybe feel it out. So, Okay, I like that. I like to stick our toes in the water and see how it feels. There you go. All right, well, this it. has been another fun episode. Till next sure, time, sure. people. Later, guys. Bye.